and welcome to this episode of the Dodger and Trash Show. So we've got a lot to talk about tonight, and joining us uh, to talk about to talk uh, about us or to talk to us with some about some of these things. Uh, it's going to be one of those nights, isn't it? I can already tell because earlier tonight I had my tire blew out on blow out on me. So uh, yeah, it, it's like. The universe does not want us to do this show right now, but you know what? We're going to do it, we're going to get through it, and we're going to have a good time. And we're going to have a good time with a Twitch streamer and a YouTuber, content creator, uh, all-around good guy, and, uh, oh, there were, oh, oh, and he's a, the, the newest owner of the 99 Jackie Robinson card. We've got PseudoLG joining, joining us tonight. How you doing tonight, man? I'm good, man. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate oh yeah, it. yeah. It was it's our pleasure. Uh, we we've enjoyed your videos, uh, your uh, uh, your player of the month prediction videos. Uh, Trash uh, is the one that got me uh, uh, kind of hooked on onto him. Uh, he showed me uh, your TikTok uh, video first, and I was I was like, hey, I gotta watch th this whole video. Uh, uh, he's got some good stuff. I, I want to, you know, see uh, if these predictions work out. And uh, so I looked you up on YouTube, watched the whole video. I was taking notes, and uh, uh, we gave you credit uh, on our video, uh, or not the video, but the podcast that we did, uh, talking about the uh, the player of the month. Now, unfortunately, uh, not all your predictions came true, um, but. Uh, uh, and we'll we'll talk about the the ones that uh, came true or didn't come true uh, in your most recent one. But uh, uh, you did bring up a, an interesting subject, uh, though, and, and and that's what we're going to start out with. Uh, Trash was really upset that uh, you didn't name um, Kyle Schwarber as the lightning <laughs> card, and uh, it you know he he actually said. Uh, that if Kyle Schwarber isn't the lightning card, uh, he, yeah, he, he was going to be majorly upset. So I, I watched your video hoping that you wouldn't name Kyle Schwarber as the lightning card, just so I could kind of, you know, rub it in his face <laughs> a little bit. Um, and you actually predicted Matt Olson mm. as a lightning card. Now, however, of course, now we know that, you know, unfortunately, Matt Olson wasn't the, the lightning card. Kyle Schwarber was. Now, do you think? Okay, I'm sorry. Let me let me go back a little bit. You actually uh, said that the reason why uh, Matt Olson didn't get the lightning card was because he had he was going to be uh, the uh, Team Affinity three card. Mm -hmm. uh, now, uh, do you feel like maybe also there was a lot of pressure from the MLB community? Uh, uh, on uh, uh, SDS to make Kyle Schwarber uh, that uh, uh, lightning card because it seemed like everyone wanted uh, this Kyle Schwarber lightning card. He he had a phenomenal uh, was it? He had like uh, uh, sixteen homers uh, in the month of uh, June. I don't know. You're the you're the stats guy. You would know. Uh, yeah, more I think about he this. had. I think he had 15 in the 17 game stretch. I think was the the final number, and then overall he had 16 in the entire month in 27 games. 
which in 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 a hundred of bats, that's you know obviously that's a pretty ridiculous number to ever hit. But you know, yeah. But but you you made a good point that he did not hit lefties really great though. Mm-hmm. Um, now now, um, I I use how are you feeling about that Kyle Schwarber uh, lightning card? Do you still feel like uh, maybe uh, Matt Olson was the better pick? It, it just was a uh, uh, not going to happen because of the team affinity three card. Yeah. In my opinion, honestly, the best card that we could have gotten would have been Otani, but just understanding how SDS works, learning, uh, I've, I've played the game for a very long time and I, I like to think I'm pretty observant. So I kind of study what they do when they do things with uh, player of the month updates and roster updates and that kind of stuff, which is why I've been putting out those videos lately because I thought oh, this would be something fun that I actually enjoy looking at that could be interesting videos for other people. But Otani would have been my number one. And then I looked at his pitching stats. He really didn't do much on the pitching side of things. He, he threw okay, but he wasn't mm-hmm. lights out or anything. Had he thrown the ball insanely well, I feel like we very well could have seen a 99 pitcher version of Otani. But Mm -hmm. then again, if you look at it, he also had declared for the home run derby. He was going to be an all-star no matter what they did. So one way or another, we were going to see potentially one to two Shohei Otani. So I was like, okay, he's immediately off my list. Matt Olson Mm -hmm. was the next guy I looked at. He actually, he hit over 400 on the month against left-handed pitching. I think it was around 440 is what he ended at. And Mm -hmm. the reason I kind of thought, okay, he'd be the lightning guy is... Something that I've noticed over time is that SDS isn't willing to give repeat diamonds to cards unless that repeat diamond is drastically different from the original. Mm-hmm. So, for example, in Matt Olson's case, his live series diamond, obviously, high power card, but the contact against righties is okay, and against lefties, I think it's in the mid low to mid-70s, so it's nothing special. So, on this card, he would have easily had over 100 power versus le- uh, left-handed pitching. Easily over 100 contact versus left-handed pitching. He hit five of his seven home runs uh, in the month against lefties, actually. And then against righties, you could have given him something similar to his live series stats, maybe with a little bit higher contact, or maybe a little bit higher power whatever just to you know make it a little bit different and uh, the one card that i kept looking at which is the reason i didn't put kyle schwarber as the lightning guy and i'm ecstatic that he is the card is fantastic but i don't think i would be i don't think many people would disagree with me in saying that that is quite possibly the single most fabricated card we've ever gotten in a game Because, gosh, like you said, uh, Schwarber hit 235 with a 324 slugging percentage in June against left-handed pitching. He had one extra base hit, and it was that home run he hit off of Rich Hill, who throws 87 miles an hour, you know? He he throws BP speed, and it was on a pitch that was up and in. Schwarber really, really handles that fastball up, specifically up and in, extremely well, no matter what side is throwing it. And Rich Hill just happened to pick that spot that day. Without that, his average was his average was under 230. His slugging was under 320. Uh, it, it just wasn't really a pretty month against the left-handed side. And he's not known as a great defender. He's not a fast player. So 80 fielding and giving him the catcher position when he hasn't played catcher in how many years, uh, that's that one. And then obviously the contact and power against left-handed pitching is just drastically different from anything he really did. And I kept mm-hmm. looking, like I said, at Jesse Winker because everyone wanted him to be the lightning guy from May. There there were millions, like, not, not millions, obviously, but I was getting hundreds of comments on my TikTok where they were like, how could you not say Jesse Winker? How could you not say Jesse Winker? And I'm like, because he 
didn't like he was okay. Like he wasn't insane, but he like he was mm-hmm. good, but he wasn't crazy. And yeah. I looked at his stats, and he only had 16 at bats, 19 plate appearances against lefties in May, and he actually hit 312 against them. So mm-hmm. they gave him that 90 contact and like 86 power or whatever. He had two home runs or two extra base hits or whatever against lefties. So his slugging was actually over 500. Uh, so, like, if you look at the splits, they've honored splits pretty much all year long. This is really the first instance that I've seen where they just said, okay, we're going to throw these out the window and just give this card to the people because this is what they want. Uh, I, I feel like I feel like had Olsen not been the TA3 guy for the A's, like, had he not been their only all-star, I think he would have been the guy over Schwarber, and I think we would have seen a more realistic card probably somewhere in the 93 to 95 range with... <laughs> you know, like 115 contact and, and 125 power against le- uh, righties. And then I-, I figured somewhere in like the 70 contact, 60 power range against re- uh, left-handed pitching and then give him a fielding boost. So they did give him the fielding boost, which they gave him way more than I anticipated. I figured it would be like low, high 60s to like low to mid 70s at the absolute best, not 80. <laughs> um, but I'm ecstatic about the card. The card hits absolute tanks for me. I'm hitting nearly 500 with them to this point with, I think, nearly 20 home runs. So I'm not complaining by any means, and I'm not not upset that I was wrong, you know? But I, I, can, yeah. I can completely understand why I was, you know what I mean? Okay, good, because I was actually going to see if maybe Trash could say something to you to convince you <laughs> that that was the right pick by SDS. Uh Maybe that would give him some closure or something. I don't know. Maybe do you still want to do that, Trash? Do you want to like just maybe have a final say in it? Feel free. Come at me for it. All right. Uh, <laughs> I won't go too harsh on you. I'm a nice guy. Uh, um, I love Schwarber. I do it with all my heart. Uh, I'm still upset that he's no longer a Cub. I will go to bed crying every night thinking about how many tanks he hits. It, it's not good for me at all. But I still love him. Uh. Although I wish uh, we had him over Jack Peterson, but that's a different conversation. Um, yeah, I I agree with with a lot of that you just said. Um, going into that, I knew Schwarber was going to have ridiculous righty numbers. I was I was thinking Max or just a little bit less. Uh, his lefty nowhere near a hundred is where I was thinking. I was honestly thinking sixty five if I had to give you a number. Um, mm-hmm. but I think they kind of went with the fan favorite part of it where um they want to make it fun for the game and not make it total totally realistic and that's why i also think they gave him the boosted lefty numbers the uh, the boosted feeling as well as the catcher secondary even though that he didn't deserve any of that sds wanted to make the card kind of fun for everybody even though it wasn't realistic so yes i may have critiqued the card a lot in terms of stats but at the end of the day i love me some shorber i love me some shore bombs i can't be mad with uh with the card even though i kind of suck with them but that's just me (laughs) my my other thing about that was just one last thing on that Mm -hmm. is that had schwarber not had the record that they talked about had his name not been mentioned with the likes of barry bonds in that span that he hit all those home runs would we be talking about him as the lightning guy Let's let's say instead of 15 home runs in 17 games, let's say he hit nine or eight. Would we still be saying, "Oh, he's the lightning guy"? Because yeah, if you take you take point. off an extra five six home runs, Jonathan Scope had as many home runs as he did. You know, 
it, it, it was just because he did something so historic that I'm like, okay, I completely understand if they throw him in there, but I'm still going to stick with, okay, I don't know that they're going to fabricate this card, and if people don't like it, then I'm just going to get attacked in the comments for it. And it happened. Yeah. Some people were like, okay, I love this pick, and other people were like, you're an idiot. <laughs> I'm just like, well, I accept it. <laughs> but don't, don't you think that, I mean, no matter what we say as content creators, there's going to be somebody up there that's going to attack us for something. I oh, mean, yeah. It, 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 there's, there's, there's just going to be somebody that is just going to troll us just to be a troll. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of getting trolled, uh, we, we got two cards that were kind of head scratchers. I mean, the, the one card was um, Charlie Morton for a Player of the Month card. Uh, both me and Trash could not understand. In fact, you never even predicted that card. So I'm sure you were kind of uh, as confused as we were why that card was uh, uh, a player of the month card. Mm -hmm. And I can't even remember the other card. Uh, but you got five, was it uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine? You got five out of the nine cards. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, which is bad. Which is, hey, that's not bad. That's a, that's a pretty good percentage. Uh, you, you, you get use, I'm just going to go down your predictions here. You, you got the Tommy Fan prediction. Uh, you uh, did not get the Lou Trevino uh, prediction, but that's okay. Uh, and, and you didn't get the Herman Marquez. Uh, and you got, I think you got attacked for even mispronouncing uh, Herman. Or yeah, I, I, I know. I speak Spanish very well, actually. I was, in, <laughs> I was fluent in that language for a very long time. I was recording the video at like 9.30 at night after working like a 10 and a half hour day. I'm like, I have to get this video out or else I'm just going to get flamed because I've been telling people it's going to be out. I was even late getting it out for the time that I said I was going to post it. And I was just like, you know what? I, I can't care about this right now. I'm just going to, like, I realized it in post when I was editing, and I was like, I can't go back and re-record this right now. I'm already midway through rendering this video. I can't start over. Yeah. And for the record, I will throw out that I had Ryan Presley as an alternate to Lou Trevino. Uh, exactly. Every, every right. month when I'm looking at these guys, I have, like, a list of 15 to 20 guys. I like to keep it at no less than that. And mm -hmm. he was out of the relievers. There, I think there were, like, eight of them. Like five or six were already big name guys that already had diamonds, and the other two were Trevino and Ryan yeah. Presley. So I'll take I'll take a five five to six out of nine score on on a player of the month when three of them were guys that no one expected to see. <laughs> Absolutely, and uh, you you got you got Carlos Correa, you got Brian Reynolds, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the uh, Carlos Schwarber, of course, even though he, you know uh, in a different order, but that's okay. Uh, and I was quite quite disappointed uh, we did not get that Walker Bueller card. Uh, no bias uh, on my end there. Uh, you also got Jonathan Scope right. Uh, so uh, kudos to you on that. Um, and and, and how, how are you doing with that Jonathan Scope card? Is he still glitchy? He is hitting, uh, as of a couple hours ago, which is the last game I played, he was hitting 530 oh, and wow. nearly 100 at bats. So <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. He he has uh, he has second, third, and short eligibility, and he's primary first baseman. My first baseman until uh, until potentially uh, with Matt Olson when he comes out tomorrow. My first baseman is going to be forty two series Dom Smith. I, I hit like four thirty with that card, and I haven't used him in the moonshot event, so it's hard for me to remove him from my lineup. But uh, Scope is going to take over at second base. As much as I love me some Jackie Robinson, I'm extremely inconsistent with his ninety nine. 
So I, I think Scope's going to be my starting second baseman for at least a little while. Uh, okay. I mean, Adam Frazier does come out tomorrow for the Pirates for Team Infinity 3, so we'll see there. You know, I, I do have a little little Pirates bias. I might have to throw him in there. If they give him any power whatsoever, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to at least try him out. But, uh, yeah, Scope is Scope has to be one of the best cards in the game right now. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Trash, do you have an updated list of the All-Star rosters? Because I know there were some changes made this week. Uh, some players uh, were taken off the list. Uh, I know Mookie Betts. I mean, I got to give Mookie Betts props uh, for uh, stepping out of the uh, uh, All-Star game because he was not... He did not feel like he was having an all-star worthy season. Uh, so uh, he uh, stepped down and allowed uh, an, another uh, player to uh, take his space, which I, I believe that was, uh, well, let's see, what, what was it? Walker Bueller? I can't remember who, who took his spot. I don't know if it really matters, but. Uh, uh, we got Walker Bueller at, that was added to the roster, Justin Turner for the Dodgers. And I can't remember who else. Uh, do you have that trash? I'm not finding anything in terms of updated rosters. I know the first, um, change that came to mind, um, was, uh, Yadier Molina had backed out, and to my knowledge, I didn't even know he was an all-star, quite frankly, and he was uh, ended up being replaced by uh, Omar Narvaez of the Brewers, who should have gotten it over Yagi anyways. Um, mm -hmm. In terms of that, though, I'm not finding anything in terms of updated. I'm now I'm going off of Instagram here. I've looked at um, MLB. I've looked on MLB on Fox. I've looked at MLB Network, even. Haven't found anything. Um, I'll continue to check up on Twitter, but I don't think they're going to have anything either. Well, uh, maybe that's not as important as this fact here. There are no Astros players on the roster. All of the Astros players have backed out. And from, from what I've heard is that they are uh, afraid of getting blowback uh, from their uh, from the other players uh, for their uh, misdeeds in uh, 2018. Uh, do we all kind of agree with that, or do we think there was another motive for backing out? Uh, I'm trying to think. Tell me if I'm wrong. Isn't is is the manager somebody that was with them around that time for the AL team? I can't think of who the manager is offhand for the American League All Star Squad. I got. You. I can't. I, I thought I thought it had something to do with that more than the players, but if not, then yeah, I I can I can completely understand. I feel like they get it from the fans all the time, and we didn't have an All Star game last year. We didn't have an All Star break, so I feel like they uh, they've really been fortunate to avoid the wrath of a lot mm -hmm. of players from other teams, especially teams that they may have ran through during the course of that season or that postseason specifically. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that. Uh, I think that's probably smart on their behalf, although their fans obviously want to see them in there. Uh, it, we're we're a couple years removed. I think that the hatred for the Astros now, specifically the players that were on that team and guys that had really great seasons that year and haven't been as great since, I think the anger and you know d disdain towards them would be retracted a little bit if MLB had punished them more than they did. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but the MLB not really doing anything to them suspension-wise really, I think, has uh, caused a, a rolling effect, a spiral, uh, whatever you want to call it, to get them to the point where most of the people in and outside of the league hate them. You know, people people right. continue to troll players, and they're, they're going to keep doing it simply because they found a way to weasel out of any real ramifications for their actions. And that's, I think that's the big problem with that whole ordeal. Uh, also, I, I happen to find it. It looks like the reserve guys that replace some of the players. Uh, looks like Tim Anderson, Chris Bassett, Whit Merrifield, and Joey Wendell got in for the American League. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for the NL, it looks like Bueller, Freddie Peralta, Scherzer, Taiwan Walker, and Justin Turner. And then mm-hmm. uh, Yachty replaced somebody. Or he was in, he was a new reserve, and then he got replaced by Narvaez, as as Trash mm-hmm. just said. So that looks yeah. like all the updated guys. That was from. About a day ago. I know Machado's in there now. I, I don't remember who he replaced, but I know he's in there now as well. Do, do we know who is uh, replacing Ronald Acuna? Uh, I mean, it, just a terrible situation for Ronald. I, you know, I wish him a... I'm sure we all wish him a speedy recovery. Uh, I, I don't know what is wrong with, their, with some people out there who are rejoicing in, in, in his uh, misfortune. Uh, I, I, it, it's, they're, they're just idiots. Um, I'm just going to say it. They're just idiots who, uh, I, yeah, they just are just saying stuff just to just be flat-out ignorant and mean. Um, but, yeah, do we, do we know who's taking Ronald Cunha's spot? Not from what I've seen. I, I mm-hmm. haven't seen any updates come out today. I feel like they're just going to announce it tomorrow, potentially. Um, okay. I, don't, I don't know if there's anyone maybe on the Braves that they'll slide in for him or if they'll find a completely different replacement. Uh, it, it's just, it's it's such a weird, it's such a weird thing to see. You hate to see it because mm-hmm. he is obviously one of the most electric players in the game. He's one yeah. of the guys that people watch. They know his name, even if, if even if they don't watch the game very often, they know Ronald Acuna Jr. as, you know, a fun, um, energetic, extremely talented MLB player. And the people that I think are, you know, rejoicing in his misfortune are those that um, are, one, either envious of the position he's in, uh, mm-hmm. as as a very very young MLB player, you know, having the spotlight that he does and number 2 is probably the people that uh number 2 are probably the people that are the ones that hate the way he plays the game. They don't like the bat flips, they don't like the popping of the chains, they don't like, you know, the players having any kind of swag and enjoying themselves on the field in a way that they feel is, you know, unprofessional or not the way the game's supposed to be played and all that stuff. And as someone like I've played the game my whole life uh, and I, I, I am very much in a lot of ways, a traditionalist. I, I love the way the game's always been played, but I also completely understand that things need to change for the game to progress and not die out because mm-hmm. I mean, it's insane to say this, but realistically, we could be looking at a situation where, without some major changes to the MLB marketing side of things and the way that their players players get looked at and stuff, it, it, we could realistically not have Major League Baseball in 30, 35 years. Like, it could yep. just fall by the wayside. It could be the first real, you know, big-time American Sports League to just go away. And uh, it's a lot of it is because of people not being willing to change with the times and go with, you know, 
all these new exciting young players that do all these things like a lot of people hate fernando tatis i had someone comment on a video i posted earlier uh i posted it a week or so ago it's just like a video of my team currently in the show and they said uh i pulled tatis today and i quick sold him i won't dare use him i hate him as a person and a player and i'm like why he's what a 23 year old kid what, what what do they do that you hate him for other than, you know, bat flipping when he's up by a ton and hits a 3-0 grand slam or just yeah. just being out there and having fun? We, we're, we're at a point in, in the world in 2021 where specifically in the United States, I can't speak for everywhere else because I don't I, I've only ever been here that mm-hmm. um, people are just everyone's obsessed with finding the next person they can cancel for some reason. It's not about, OK. I'm excited to see this person eating at the table. It's that I don't want them at this table, period. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's such a crazy thing to see that everyone wants uh, everything to be so inclusive and we want all, we want everyone to be diverse and all that stuff, but we go about it the wrong way. If, yeah. if we want inclusion and diversity, we embrace it. We don't kick people to the side. You know what I mean? Well, if we're going to take out bat flips and celebrations and uh, everything that uh, is in baseball right now that, that people don't like, then I think you need to take out the celebrations uh, in soccer after they score a goal, you know, sliding on the, on the grass, you know, all, all the pomp and circumstance. Uh, I mean, come on now. They're, they're, they're celebrating, uh, uh, you know, uh, a, a a score, it, it, you know, it's it's a sport. It's it's mm-hmm. fun, you know. We're they're they're big kids, just like baseball players are. We're all big kids, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, it, given the opportunity, if I was in, in a in a Dodger uniform and I hit a home run, you're damn right, I'm going to flip that bat <laughs> uh, against a major league baseball player because that's a hell of an accomplishment. Uh, so why the hell not? I mean, for crying out loud, uh, if, if you don't like it, then, uh, you, you know, just get over it. You know, it's ba- baseball has evolved uh, from the way uh, it was played, uh, say, like in uh, 1988 or, or uh, 1970. Uh, you didn't really see... Um, much in the way of home run celebrations until Barry Bonds kind of came onto the scene. And I remember um, a home run that he hit against the Dodgers. Uh, where He actually, made, after the home run, he spun uh, completely around, did a 360, and went to first base, which I thought was kind of unnecessary. But you know what? I got over it. You know, it, it's... Um, you know, I might not agree with everything Barry Bonds did, but I can understand it. I can understand why he did it. You know, now I can. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just, you know, I, I think uh, the the people that don't, uh, that are against the bat flips and stuff like that, uh, then uh, I, th- I think they just need to, you know, like I said, get over it. They just need to shut up, um, you know, because... Uh, uh, you know, it's it, it, it's exciting the way it is now. It, it's 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 like professional wrestling. <laughs> let's let's go to, to professional wrestling. Uh, you know, there's a lot of pop and circumstance in professional wrestling that wasn't there 
back in in the uh, 80s or 70s. Uh, mm. So that sport has evolved. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if if you want a sport to say to stay uh, successful and uh, fan oriented, I, I think you've got to you've got to uh, change with the times. So anyway. Uh, and and uh, another thing that, that we brought up last week were all the, the players that were su- snubbed. Uh, and I got to thinking, when is there a time or when is there a year when a player ha- uh, has not been snubbed? I think that's just you know uh, part of uh, part of the part of the uh, the uh, All Star selection. There's going to be a lot of lots of players that may have deserved a spot on the All Star squad that don't get it. Uh, but you know, it's, it's all, you know, there's all types of snubs. You can talk about, uh, uh, people who may have deserved an Oscar and didn't get it, or people who may have deserved, uh, a spot, um, in the NBA all-star game and and didn't get it. But yeah, it's just all, um, all part of the, uh, sport, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things that you can be as objective as humanly possible and still be like okay well that guy should have been an all-star it it is it is you know merely subjective for the most part but then you can look at the numbers and be like okay that guy got in because of his name recognition you know obviously Mookie Betts was one when I heard that he got in I was like well he's he's not gonna stay in there Uh, (laughs) like he got voted in because of his name he's obviously one of the best talents we've seen in a very long time in the game but this season uh i mean last year he was great but this season he hasn't been you know anything crazy i mean recently he's caught fire and started to play like mookie Betts that we know him as but even if you even if you look at the trajectory of his career to this point he's been kind of up and down the last few seasons uh, and i really don't think there's much denying it i mean if you look a couple years ago his last season with the Red Sox, he, he looked amazing. He looked like one of the best players in the league. And then last year, he looked amazing. looked like one of the best players in the league. Same thing with the year before that in 2018. But then you look the year before that, people thought he was going to be a superstar. And in 2017, he had an 803 OPS. He was just like, you know, a solid major league outfielder. Uh, yeah. it's just, he's just one of those guys that you, you, every time you see him on the field, you think he's going to be amazing. And <laughs> when he's not, everyone's overly critical of him. And I think Mookie Betts uh, is kind of uh, turning it around now because uh, he's starting. I think he figured out what he was doing wrong with the swing. And I think uh, Joe Davis of the uh, Dodgers broadcast uh, crew uh, uh, brought this up in today's game that I was watching. Uh, uh, When he was popping everything up, uh, he was swinging um, up, uh, up towards his head and stuff. And now it's all... At the shoulder level now, he's he's starting to make solid contact now. Uh, he's uh, yeah, he's starting to score balls up. Uh, so that could be uh, the reason why he's uh, he's uh, hitting better now. Uh, mm-hmm. So hopefully uh, that'll be uh, uh, or, or that'll continue for the Dodgers because they definitely need him uh, to uh, uh, be consistent in that lineup. They need a lot of bats to be consistent in that lineup. Uh, I mean, who would have thought that uh, San Francisco would be uh, leading the NL West at, at the All-Star break? Not me, and I don't think any of you guys out there uh, would have thought that either. 
No, I, I, I when I was looking into my crystal ball at the start of the year, they were not uh, they were not the first place team. Also, I want to throw this in there. I know I said about Mookie Betts being up and down. Mookie Betts being up and down is still one of the like ten best players in baseball. So oh. before any before anyone hears that, is like this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He said Mookie Betts was bad. He's not bad. He's still one of the best players on the planet. But he he's been inconsistent at a great level. <laughs> yeah, and I don't. I, I think Mookie Betts will 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 himself will say that he has been bad. He yeah. he has not played. Uh, uh, to the level that he's accustomed to, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I, I, you know what, I, I, I may not have been a big Mookie guy uh, uh, last year or so, uh, but I gained a lot of respect uh, uh, for him for for uh, taking himself out of the All Star game, uh, yeah. and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know of too many players that will that would have done that. Um, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but. Uh, I, I think if if somebody gets named to the All Star team, uh, they're gonna uh, they're gonna uh, go to it because I think they probably get some sort of uh, bonus. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think most people do have head. that. I think a lot of players do have that written in their contract where they get a bonus for making the All Star team. I feel like yeah. that's pretty commonplace in sports if you make. Make the All Star team or make a World Series or something. You get a bonus. You get an incentive in your contract. I feel like that's just pretty commonplace amongst today's sports world. Yeah, I think uh, Trash gets a bonus if uh, if we get like over five hundred uh, listens on on a podcast. Is that, <laughs> isn't that right, Trash? Uh, that's what my inside sources were telling me earlier. So I'm gonna yeah. go with yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we never asked Sudo if his agent uh, uh, agreed to, or if he asked his agent to be on the podcast. Yeah, we oh. get caught for that. <laughs> yeah. My, my uh, agent is myself, or my fiance. Oh. So. Oh, so. You might have to clear that with her later, because we had, true story, Trash uh, was trying to get this minor league baseball player, and I'm not going to name who it was, mm-hmm. uh, because I can't remember. Uh, but um, anyway, uh, he was really wanting this uh, uh, minor league baseball player on the podcast that he he was kind of like friends with on Twitter, and uh, the uh, the baseball player said, "Well, I'm gonna have to talk with my agent about it first. And he told me about that, and I was like, "What is he expecting to get paid or something like that? I mean, well, I could like like send him like fifty bu- bucks on." Uh, PayPal or something, but for crying out loud, what, what is he expecting? We're just a little, little small podcast. I, mean, I think this was even for our first uh, first uh, uh, podcast or broadcast, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, it was just I, like, are you serious? Yeah, yeah, you guys will be getting the invoice, you know, later. <laughs> no, okay, I'm well, just kidding. I'm just yeah, kidding. Just go ahead and email. <laughs> Email that to me. Yeah, absolutely. E- email uh, the invoice to we don't do invoices at gmail.com. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. Um, so uh, I think now we've got to talk about uh, the All Star, uh, or not the All Star, uh, but the uh, Major League Baseball draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, uh, I, there may be some of you out there uh, that are listening to this that could care less about the Major League Baseball draft. Um, but uh, there's been, I mean, this is, uh, a pretty major thing because normally, uh, the all-star, or not nah, keep going with all-star, uh, the major league baseball draft would normally be held 
during the College World Series. And um, I was listening to a uh, Dodger game earlier this week, and Rick Mundane uh, of the radio crew of the Dodgers, uh, he gave credit to Major League Baseball for actually getting this right. Because when the uh, Major League Baseball draft is held during the College World Series, it causes a lot of pressure uh, on the players. Because there may be some players, uh, like Rick Monday, for example, who uh, they'll go uh, number one overall. And then it's just a waiting game for, for the other players. Uh, and if they don't get called, you know, right away, you know, that's kind of a big downer for them because, you know, they had all these high hopes about getting into the, uh, into the big league someday. And they're not getting, they're not getting uh, that draft that they expected. Uh, do, do any of you guys have an, uh, a thought on this? Do you think that uh, 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 this is a good idea for Major League Baseball to have it during the All-Star break? I, I think I think it is honestly. I think it's 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 a different change of pace. Yeah, I, I like I like the the little bit of a switch up. I think they may. I don't I don't know if they've said they're going to continue doing it this way moving forward. Uh, maybe they'll see how this goes now and then make an assessment from there. But I've I've always been a fan of doing it during the College World Series. It's it makes for uh, a very interesting time because you have a lot of the players that are going to be you know, going to be drafted, they're around the area, even if they're not actually playing in the College World Series, they're around the area, because I know a lot of teams go and watch, that, you know, go to those tournaments and stuff. Um, so I, th I think it, it makes for an interesting, you know, potential interview, and, you know, a different thought process when you're all amped up, and, you know, in the middle of a World Series push, and potentially going to be a champion soon, and, you know, your name gets called on draft night, and then compare that to, oh yeah, I was just sitting at home, chilling in my basement, playing video games, and got a phone call, hey, you're drafted. <laughs> I feel like it's it's a different change of pace for a lot of players. Yeah, do you, do you think that it, uh, uh, it, it's, it might be uh, bad to have it during the, the uh, College World Series, because uh, a lot of players might be losing focus instead of Thinking about uh, 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 their uh, World Series game, they're, they're thinking about the you know when they're going in the draft. Uh, it very well could be, but I feel like the players that are on that stage, the really really good ones that know they're going to get drafted, don't think about it as much. I feel like it's more like maybe if they have a teammate who's a fringe guy, like he might get drafted in the you know. 20th round or whatever or maybe he won't get drafted at all i feel like those kinds of guys are more you know hopeful and kind of can get distracted by it but i think someone you know let's say for example like kumar rocker or jack Leiter, they knew they were going top 10 they they had you know and i think kumar fell a little bit to uh he fell to number 10 but um i feel like those kinds of guys don't let that distract them whereas yeah. you know teammates on the lower end of the scale might uh, how, how do you feel about that, Trash? I mean, I just think in terms of the commission, I think it's just smarter to have it after the College World Series because I know a lot, and like the NBA is after the finals or whatnot, and I think the NFL is the same way. It just makes sense to have it after. Um, that way your mind's not focused on your draft or whatnot. 
And I don't know. It, yeah, I, I do agree that it takes the pressure off the players. Because, I, I mean, if I'm in that situation and I know I'm not good enough to get drafted or whatnot, then, yeah, I'm probably going to think about it. Especially if I'm in the World Series in my final year at whatever college. Then, yeah, I'm going to have a lot of things racing through my mind. Like, okay, am I going to lack to go in the first round? Do I slip to the second or third? There's just so many things that could go through your head and whatnot. Um, but when you're in the game and you have those thoughts going through your head, it could cost you um, a trip to World Series, if not the World Series. So I just mm -hmm. think if you have it after, you kind of ease those thoughts and kind of focus like, hey, season's over. Time to look ahead to the future, see if I get drafted or whatnot. I just, so I think overall, it's just a lot smarter for them to do it after than during or even before, if that's what they really choose. Yeah. Um, so let's let's talk about the uh, the top ten and the draft, and uh, maybe some some other uh, uh, notable names too uh, that uh, got drafted afterward. Uh, so you're a uh, Pittsburgh Pirate fan. And uh, Pittsburgh Pirates did have the uh, over, the number one overall draft. Uh, how are you feeling about the 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 uh, player that they chose? Uh, I can't off off the top of my head. I'm trying to get the the um, the the draft order here, and I'm not having much luck. But uh, go ahead and and tell us who they picked and how you feel about it. Uh, they chose Henry Davis. He is a catcher out of Louisville. Uh, the kid was projected to be the first catcher off the board, regardless, and a top five pick. He was projected to be number five. Uh, just, you know, I was I was checking him out because I hadn't heard too, too much about him. I, as much as I enjoy the draft and all that stuff, I'm not huge on, you know, keeping up with college stats and all that stuff before it. I'm typically like a day of, oh, okay, I'll look into all these guys that have these potential uh, draft spots. And mm -hmm. just reading up on him, what I was looking at earlier, he seems that, He's going. He has the potential to be one of the best hitters in this draft, uh, specifically the best hitter at the catcher position, which, mm -hmm. uh, if you know anything about the Pirates' farm system, although it's really good right now, I think they're rated number third at this point heading into the All-Star break, or number three at this point, not number third. Uh, <laughs> I think that uh, they, don't, they have one player that can even play catcher in their top 30 prospects. So picking someone like Henry Davis is a very smart move, but at the same time, it was one of those moves that I'm pretty confident they would have drafted someone else had it not been for uh, the price tag. I think they, I think they were able to sign him for under slot value, and knowing how uh, let's 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 be nice and use the word frugal, um, <laughs> Bob Nutting is with his money and investing into the team. Uh, I can't say I'm too surprised. I, I, I don't hate the pick by any means, but I personally really, really wanted Jack Leiter to be number one overall to us. I think that of all of the talents in the draft, from what I've seen and what I know of the kid, I think he is the guy that, out of everyone in this draft, obviously Kumar Rocker is another guy that has a shot to be a great, great arm, but I think Jack Leiter, he has the, he has the tutelage. You know, Al Leiter was in the big leagues. He has the tutelage there. He has, obviously, the family ties there. And the kid just knows how to pitch. He knows how to get guys out. He, he, th he throws at a good velocity, throws the ball hard. He's got a good mix of pitches. I really think out of all the guys that were taken in even the top, you know, 10, I think if it's, it's, it's a long, long ways away. But if you think, okay, could any of these guys potentially be Hall of Famers? Mm-hmm. I think that Jack Leiter, out of all of them, is the guy that I, I would I would 
give him like a 3% chance of being a Hall of Famer, but that's more than I'd give anybody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he was the guy for me the whole way through that my friends wanted Kumar Rocker, and I was like, I really, really want them to take, take Jack Leiter. He seems like a more polished product at this point, and that bodes well when you come into the league and you're already pretty much ready to go. Speaking of Jack Leiter, uh, that's who the number uh, two pick was for the Texas Rangers. Uh, Trash, how are you feeling about that uh, pick? Go ahead, uh, tell us what you know about Jack Leiter. Uh, I don't know much about Jack Leiter. I'm going to be honest right off the bat. But, I mean, honestly, with him having uh, that family name and uh, Al Leiter being a dad, father, whichever, he's got a lot of hype around him and he has a lot of expectations. uh, Just like Vlad Jr. did, or, yeah, did, I should say. So a lot of people are expecting a lot out of him. Um, I'm just hoping he doesn't fold under that pressure and, like, get to him. We've seen what he did at Vandy behind Rocker or in front of Rocker. I forget. They were both 1-2 for them. But either mm-hmm. way, uh, Liger's lights out. I know has great control, can throw very hard. Um, from what I saw, I didn't see a ton of walks out of him. Um, I do think he had, he had a lot more strikeouts than walks, which is good too. Um, but I don't know if he's going to be able to live up to that hype. I'm hoping he does. Um, I really want him to succeed. And a lot of uh, players out of Vandy or Vanderbilt, whichever you prefer to call them, uh, can produce a lot of good talent. So I definitely am excited to see him. Now, in terms of when do we think he will be called up? 2024, 2025, just going Mm. off the top of my head with with him just being drafted. We'll have to see, though. Maybe he flies through and could be called up as soon as 2023. No, I highly doubt that, though. Um, I do expect him to start in single A. I would be shocked if they give him double A right off the bat. So Mm -hmm. we'll have to see how well he can develop and if he can uh, still be um, the pitcher that a lot of people want him to be and expect him to be. Yep, and um, I, I... I'm going to be honest, too. I don't know a lot of these names. Uh, I mean, we got uh, Jackson Job that got taken third by the uh, Detroit Tigers. Uh, I have heard of the, the last name Job, but only because of his father, who uh, is Brent Job. Uh, I have followed a little bit of golf uh, uh, in the past. Um, do we know anything about Jackson Job? Anybody? Nope. Nope. Personally, okay. do not. Okay. Uh, so we got Marcelo Mayer being taken next by the Boston Red Sox. Anybody want to weigh in on that? Everybody nope. that <laughs> I... A, a lot of people that... I don't want to say everybody. I don't want to group that big of a group of people into one statement. But mm-hmm. most of the people I've seen talk about pre-draft prospects, uh, Marcelo was the guy that they said he should be the first person taken in this draft even though like the mock draft obviously they had him ranked number one they think that he's the most overall talented player in the draft this season so uh i i would have loved for the pirates to even take him you know as a shortstop that's another position that we i mean we have some guys that can play up the middle uh o'neill cruz obviously you know he had that unfortunate accident last year that i believe he's gotten past i think all the legal potential ramifications and all that stuff is yeah. has been uh you know alleviated and it was determined that he wasn't really the person at fault for what had happened uh mm-hmm. we have uh 
Uh, Leover Piguero as well. He's another shortstop. So we have two shortstops. Obviously, Nick Gonzalez is our top guy at second base. He's our top prospect. So uh, I, as much as I would have liked for them to take Mayer, it's uh, perfectly understandable that they didn't because the shortstop position and even the middle infield in general is one that they're, they're strong at. But I'm also of the notion that if you have the number one pick, you take the best player. Well, you know, you don't want to. You're not looking to fill a positional need with the number one overall pick, because even if you, even if it ends up that that's not the player for you, if they're performing well, you can trade them for that position you want to fill. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You take the best player. It's obviously baseball isn't as easy to predict as something like basketball. For you know, where if a kid is a really really good scorer in college, you can bet that at the NBA level, unless they just lose their shooting stroke, they're going to be a consistent scorer. They might not be a twenty thirty point per game guy, but they're going to put up ten to fifteen points a night, even as a rookie for the most part. Uh, yeah. You know, you look at someone like Lamelo Ball. He did. Everyone said he was going to be this thing. And he was exactly that thing. He, you know, rookie of the year, consistent, good rebounding point guard, has a good has good court vision and can pass, shoots the ball better than people expected. Which that was the one knock on him was is is Lamelo going to be the number one pick because because of his shooting? Is it going to be you know like Lonzo where he couldn't shoot a three for the first couple of years he was in the league and then figure it out? Or what's going to be the thing? Uh, in baseball, you can say, oh yeah, uh, you know, Jack Leiter, best pitcher in the draft, take him number one. But then he could, you know, he could have, you know, God willing, this doesn't happen. I don't, I would never wish this on anybody, but he could injure his arm in three mm-hmm. months and not pitch for two years. You know what I mean? It's, it's it, obviously injuries happen. The same thing could happen to someone in, you know, the NBA or a different league, but it's mm-hmm. a lot easier to project what players are going to be at the next level when you're going to the National Basketball Association instead of Major League Baseball. Right. I, was uh, looking on uh, the Twitter feed, and I have a lot of Anaheim Angel uh, fans uh, on my Twitter feed, and I noticed that a lot of them were upset uh, with the Angels' pick uh, at number nine. Uh, they chose Sam Bachman mm-hmm. instead of uh, Kumar Rocker. Uh, how are you feeling about Sam uh, Bachman? Uh, I almost said Sam Bachman Turner Overdrive, and some of you may not get that reference, but that's okay. I'm old. Uh, but yeah, how are, how are you? Do you, do you, any anybody know? Does anybody know about Sam Bachman? I don't know a ton about the kid. Looks like he pitched at uh, Miami University. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can just do a quick look at his numbers overall, and kind of it looks like he had he had a 181 ERA. He struck out. Where is that at? He struck out 93 hitters in 59 innings, only allowed 29 hits, 17 walks. Uh, I mean, th- those numbers across the board seem dominant. It looks like uh, it looks like he didn't pitch a ton in 2020, but obviously COVID-shortened season, that was a different thing. Yeah. Uh, and the year before, as a, I'm assuming as a freshman in 2019, he had 75 strikeouts in 75 innings, walked more guys, but it, it looks like He's made maybe it's just you know him having a great season, but it looks like he really has made drastic improvements to mm-hmm. both his command and his ability to limit you know hard contact for base hits. So mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't I can't say that that's going to be a bad pick. The, the, just going by the numbers that I'm looking at, that looks like a really really good spot. Obviously, he doesn't have the name recognition that someone like Kumar Rocker had before the draft, mm-hmm. but that those are good numbers. Now, uh, now we'll go to uh, Kamar Rocker. Uh, a lot of people were surprised he went to number ten, and they were asking why. Why, you know, 
why did he go uh, down so low? Well, uh, from from what I see here on uh, the ESPN uh, website, uh, he has struggled with velocity and command in 2021. Uh, now that is something that can be worked on. Uh, I, I'm sure there are there have been lots of uh, pitchers that have struggled with their uh, command and velocity. And well, if, you, if we want to look uh, at uh, uh, Kenley Jansen, he he's has made uh, vast improvements, I believe, uh, with his uh, command. And I believe he's even made a slight, uh, well, I shouldn't say he's made an improvement on his velocity. I think he's lost some velocity just because, you know, uh, years will do that to you. Uh, but uh, uh, in changing velocity, I think he's added a little bit more movement on his cutter. Excuse me, on his cutter. Uh, but uh, are we at all concerned about Kumar Rocker going uh, at number 10? No, that's, I mean, Trash, if you want to go ahead and take the jump on this one, you can. But I, I, have, I have some definite thoughts about where he's at, too, especially as a number 10 pick. Yeah, so Rocker, I know, was on, on a lot of people, at least top five. I know, like, uh, beginning of the season, he was top two. Um, I like uh, Rocker a lot. Now, I haven't seen him pitch and whatever else. But, I, to be honest, you've got DeGrom for at least a couple more years. If somehow you can get him training or kind of get him under DeGrom's wing, and especially with how DeGrom's pitching right now, oh boy, is that going to be filthy. I think if you can develop him right um, and get him a mentor like DeGrom, you've got something special for him in the future. It's just a matter of how fast he can develop and and, uh, how fast he can fly Mm -hmm. through the rankings. Now, if he can fly through before DeGrom ends up retiring, then yeah, I expect him to be kind of lights out like DeGrom. But it all depends on on how the coaching is going to be. We don't know. Uh, whoever their, their pitching coaches could be let go in a year or two. We don't know. Um, so I really think if you can put in the work with Rocker, get him uh, developed at a, uh, at a good pace and get him called up at the right time, you've got a gem in the making and uh, could be the best pitcher out of this draft. Okay. Uh, go ahead and, and uh, hit us with your, your facts there, uh, Sudo. Uh, I don't know that I'll call them facts just yet. They're just, they're just my thoughts right now. I, I throw some facts in there just for the, you know, the sake sure. of it. Uh, Rocker, I think that he, out of all of the pitchers in this draft, is the single most electrifying guy there. Uh, obviously, like I said, I think Leiter is the most polished. I think he's the most major league ready as it sits right now. But as far as having electric stuff and just having that that wow factor that a lot of people look for out of, um, you know, prospects. He has it. He's, he's big. He's, you know, six, four, he's a hefty dude. He's very, very strong. And he just has the look of a guy that's going to be a superstar on the mound. But my, my couple of things that, uh, my couple of fears, uh, with him are, you know, with someone that throws, I think he was throwing 99 for a while uh, at the start of the season. I think he was throwing like upper 90s, close to 100 miles an hour. I think that you see consistently a lot more kids doing that nowadays, but at the same time, you see a lot more of these minor nagging injuries that, 
you know, unfortunately plagued some of these younger guys. You know, Hunter Green was one that immediately comes to mind. The kid was throwing 102, at, what, out of high school, I think it was. I think he got drafted. I don't think he went to college. And then he immediately came into the league and had TJ. And I think he's just, I think this season is the first year he's actually, like, really gotten to do anything. And I think his season really only started recently. So that's one of the things that is kind of a fear for my, for me towards Kumar Rocker. Um, the other thing with him that worries me is he doesn't really have a ton of pitches. I think he really is a uh, fastball slider combo kind of guy. And I, they said he was developing a changeup uh, before the draft and all that stuff. I don't know how much he got to throw it this year, how much he really tinkered with it, and how much improvement that's gotten. But mm -hmm. it, it very you, you mentioned the name Kenley Jansen, and the fear for me is that he ends up as a great closer instead of a tremendous starting pitcher. You know what I mean? Uh, my, my fear isn't that he's going to be a bad pitcher ever. My fear is that he's not going to be the stud starter that people wanted and they'll be down on him, but then he'll end up being one of the best closers in the league. So it, it's, it'll be very interesting to see what happens. I absolutely would love for, you would absolutely love to see a pitcher with that kind of talent, that kind of arm, that kind of break on his pitches. You would absolutely love to see that as someone that can go out there and throw seven, eight innings a night. But at the same time, it's definitely more difficult to maintain that when you don't have that third pitch uh, and you don't have, well, you do have that velocity, but you, you have the uncertainty of the arm health, especially with the velocity dipping off towards the latter half of the college season. Yeah. Uh, is there any other names that were not talked about that you're kind of excited about? Some future stars, maybe? Uh, some diamonds on the rough, maybe that uh, uh, you want to just throw out there. I mean, the fun, the fun one for me is the name that's kind of taking the taking the world by storm right now, and that's Max Muncie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he shares so many similarities with other Max Muncie. You know, drafted by the A's, obviously the same name. I think they have the same birthday too. Yeah, they have <laughs> the like, same birthday. Just, just, just so many, that. so many odd similarities that you know, it, it's just. Like I said, I'm not a big pre-draft looking at this guy kind of person, just looking at the names. And just from today and all the stuff that's going on, I'm really intrigued to see what happens with Max Muncy version 2, Max Muncy 2.0, whatever you want to call him. That, that, cool. that, just sounds like, uh, that, could, that just sounds like it could be a really fun situation to see unfold, especially if, you know, he ends up... Yeah, especially if he ends up finally getting called up by the A's and they don't think he's going to be the guy and then they release him, he goes to the Dodgers and turns into a superstar. That would be a hilarious uh, repeat career trajectory that I think would be uh, an amazing storyline. I hope that's not what happens. I hope he comes up with the A's and has an amazing career there, but uh, that would be that would be fun. <laughs> and, and, and how do the Dodgers even... I mean, what do they do? Just go like Max Muncy one and Max Muncy number two? I, I don't understand how, <laughs> how they would do that. But uh, it would be an interesting situation uh, for sure. Um, all right. Well, uh, moving on. Or do you have anything to, to uh, add to that trash or uh, any, any other names? Yeah, I was looking at three um, in particular. Now, I might be biased here, but just hear me out. Um, 21st overall, the Cubs take left-hander Jordan Wicks out of Kansas State. Now, if you, mm -hmm. if for me that knows the Cubs firsthand, our pitching is atrocious, and especially our lefties. I mean, off the top of my head, our best lefty might be Andrew Chafin. Now, I could be wrong on that, 
But like I said, that's just the first thing that comes to mind in terms of a lefty. And he's getting the job done this year, but he hasn't in the past. Um, so I definitely like this pick, even though I don't know much about him. I was kind of looking at um, the replies to this. A lot of people think this was a great pick. Um, looks like this guy says he has a 87 four seam. Um, so, I mean, he's got to be a long-term project, but I'm hoping he turns out to be someone very good. I mean, he was ranked 16th out of the top 250 on the, uh, on the prospect list. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I, me as a Cubs fan, I have high expectations, but I don't expect him um, to come up anytime soon and make an impact, or even anytime soon at I... that. Um, the other guy, or one of the other two guys I was looking at was uh, Chase Petty, who went uh, 26 to the Twins. Only reason I was looking at this is because a lot of people um, kind of were, were throw was throwing his name around, and just as the Twins here... You're not going to have much time with, with uh, Maeda for much longer. Um, Burrios isn't going to get much younger. I think this was a good pick by them and uh, hopefully get him up sooner. Um, there's one other guy I was looking at. Um, I think he was dropped a little bit higher. Um, oh, yeah, here. Uh, Ty Madden. I know a lot of people are throwing his name around. He went 32nd uh, to the Tigers. So... Uh, I don't know who this guy is at all. I know nothing about him. I just, with, with people throwing his name around, um, I kind of had to look into him just to at least get a feel for him. But other than that, I guess for me, those three would be kind of my standout guys to watch in the future and, and hopefully will be good players. Mm -hmm. Um, now we can, uh, move on to, uh, the Team Affinity 3, uh, cards that are dropping tomorrow. Uh, how are we feeling about them? Uh, and, and who are we going to be grinding for uh, tomorrow? Personally, I think Team Affinity Stage 3, Season 3, whatever you want to call it, has been absolutely knocked out of the park. Uh, <laughs> just looking at some of these names and thinking of how these players play in MLB The Show 21 has me really, really excited. Uh, some of the names that I look at and I'm immediately like gushing over how how much potential they have to be, you know, top cards in the game immediately. Cedric Mullins, I don't know if you guys have used any of the cards he's gotten this year. That swing is impeccable. Uh, he's going to have good power, good lefty he swing. He's going to have speed. He's the fielder in the game right now. Oh, he's, he, he's tremendous. Mullins. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mullins yeah. is tremendous. Uh, Jose Ramirez is another one. He... I don't know what it is, what switch flipped, whether, you know, I just got better with him or the swing was completely changed this year. But last year in MLB The Show 20, I hit about 260 with 99 Player of the Month, Jose Ramirez. And, mm -hmm. if, and mind you, I've, I've improved vastly from last year to this year uh, just as a player. But I don't think I've improved so much to the point where this year with Jose Ramirez, I'm hitting 564. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, mm -hmm. like, he's one of those guys that, I look at and I'm like, man, that card could be amazing. Gregory Soto for the Tigers. If they throw, if they throw him a fourth pitch, you know, like a, a, a changeup maybe, because he's gonna have sinker, slider, four seam, which already solid pitch mix. But uh, you you want a fourth pitch, you know. Josh Hader was a great card, but a lot of people could shell him, and then they gave him a changeup and made him that much better. You know, Josh Hader. Speaking of him, he has a card in this in this series, which is gonna be really nice too. 
Um, so those guys, Jared Walsh, of course, for the Angels, had a really glitchy swing last year. Sal Perez, tremendous catcher. A lot of people are excited for Aaron Judge. I'm personally not. The size thing, I can't hit with them because he's so so big. Uh, Adolis Garcia, El Bombi, that, that card's going to be out of its mind. That, 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 swing has a, that card is a really, really great swing. I love his 88. Uh, tops now, I think it's an 88. Matt Olson, we talked about him earlier a little bit. One of my favorite swings ever. I, I think I'm hitting over 500 with his live series. Uh, Eduardo Escobar, switch hitter, looks amazing. Same with Ozzy Albies. I know a lot of Braves fans have been in my mentions for weeks because I kept saying Albies wasn't going to go diamond and he wasn't a player of the month and he wasn't this and he wasn't that. But uh, I, I, I'm glad he went diamond and I'm glad he's getting a card in this series. So if I hear from Braves fans, it'll be things that they actually want to talk about instead of just hating me for not wanting out or for not thinking Albies is going to go up. <laughs> um, you know, Castellanos, obviously one of the best swings ever in the game. Uh mm-hmm. Josh Hader, we just talked about. Jacob DeGrom caught me completely off guard after he backed out and then they announced him as the guy. I thought they'd give it to Taiwan Walker. I, I didn't think they'd give us a 99 DeGrom at this point in the year, but it seems like that's the case. I, I can't envision them giving him anything under a 99. And that, honest to God, if, if he's got the the break and stuff that they gave his live mm-hmm. series that really fixed that card up uh, with expand like uh, extended control and higher control ratings and all that stuff. We could be looking at the best pitcher in MLB the show history. We really, really could. I know a lot of people don't think he's that difficult to hit just because he is pretty easy to read. But mm-hmm. if you add added control onto that card, even more break, that's tough, man. That like he throws 102 miles an hour with break with you know a solid I think it's a five pitch mix that's tough man that's really really tough and the other guy of course Adam Frazier for the Pirates I'm excited about that one but the one that I think a lot of people are really really gonna like is Trey Turner it's gonna have shortstop gonna be able to play second base and center field they might they might give him third base too but that's gonna be a really really nice potentially the best. Uh, power speed combo guy we've gotten we're gonna get in Team Affinity three. Uh, I know Tay Oscar Hernandez is there. He's a guy I really like too. He's gonna have the power and speed. Same with Adolis Garcia. But I think as far as power and speed is concerned, combined Trey Turner is gonna be tops of the list for a lot, a lot, a lot of players. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one one name that is uh, that is missing is uh, well, not miss, not well, missing from your mentions. Uh, but not missing from t- Team Infinity 3 is uh, JT Real Muto. And I know there are some people that are going to be taking out uh, their uh, Carlos Santana card, uh, their, their signature Carlos Santana card, and putting in JT Real Muto. Is that a good idea? Is that something that, uh, uh, that you would recommend uh, for somebody that maybe just, have, maybe just bought that card this last week and... Might be grinding for uh, JT Real Muto. I have a feeling this person might be a little closer to me than I think they are. <laughs> uh, Maybe, uh, possibly. If, if I was this this hypothetical human, uh, I wouldn't do it. I, I think the two best catchers in the game right now, without a doubt, hands down. It, it, you know, if you were going to take all the money out of my bank account and put it on, you know, red or black, it's it's Carlos Santana and Kyle Schwarber. Those are the two guys. Okay. I don't I don't think. You know, I, I have parallel five Jorge Posada from the Yankees collection. He's hitting like 360 for me. He was a big part of my run to World Series in season one. And 
I absolutely love that card, but even I recognize that Schwarber and Santana are both vastly superior. JT, mm-hmm. I, I think he has a nice swing. I don't think it's uh, overtly amazing, but I think it's nice. I think he's going to have good stats across the board. I think it could be something very similar to his finest from last year. I don't know exactly what JT's doing this season to uh, make a, you know, for sure statement on, oh, he's going to have these stats, but it could be something very similar to that finest card and the finest card from last year hit pretty well for me he was solid but i didn't you know i didn't love it i like his swing more this year than i have in years past but it's still for me it's still schwarber or carlos santana i know defensively jt is going to be superior to both of them for sure but mm-hmm. with the offensive skill sets and both of them having at worst solid defense behind the plate it's it's going to be nearly impossible for me to recommend or uh see anyone taking those guys out of their lineup for him okay who are you liking uh trash who are you going to be grinding for tomorrow no i i know i've said this a lot but me personally i don't grind team affinity at all um if i like organically get it like i know like i have all of them like a hundred percent and that's just by playing the game somehow i don't know why but i mean the ground is very enticing although i don't really agree with it only because his live series i think is like a 96 mm-hmm. whatever i i don't know he's just gonna be a menace on hall of fame and legend and i'm not ready for it especially on legend <laughs> and i'm kind of scared and shaking in my boots about it now well well let me let me tell you something trash and this is something i just only recently saw on on twitter you are not the only one that is struggling on legend uh uh, your friend Kyle is, is struggling on Legend. He, he says it's uh, it's it's uh, almost impossible uh, to hit consistently uh, on Legend. Now, is that something? Uh, I, I'm not a Legend player uh, by any means. Uh, how, how are you uh, doing on Legend difficulty there, Sudo? Uh, overall, in the year, um, in ranked season, I'm four and one on it and in, if you include friendlies i think i'm like seven and one in it i don't personally mind it i actually like it because typically speaking it's more of a realistic style of game um for the most part you're going to see like lower scores like if you think of mlb historically you know pitchers have always been the dominating factor and i, I like when i can actually have a pitcher's duel in the game uh, mm-hmm. it's, you know, obviously there are, there are certain players who play the game that are absolutely insane that can put up, you know, 12, 13 plus runs on the legend difficulty. But th- I think, I feel like those guys, uh, those are, you know, the point zero 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 six percent of the player base. Uh, uh, but they're always the guys that you hear that are like, the only thing we want is more incentive to play this. Like we don't, we're, you know, we know we're better than everybody else, but we want the incentive to play it, which I completely understand. And I respect it. But it's it's one of those things that there is no incentive, as far as I can mm-hmm. tell. You know, I I don't I'm not even like a ranked seasons grinder. Like I said, I made World Series in season one, and I think in seasons two and three combined, I've played maybe seven games. Mm-hmm. I just like I know I can make World Series every season if I really feel like playing it. But ranked to me, when I can just go and either mess around on all-star and or just you know even on hall of fame and get to the 40 win mark get the card for free or i i i typically have stubs on deck because of my roster investment stuff you know i i can just go and buy the card if i really really want them and that's what i did 
you know, this season with David Justice. I was like, ah, I could play and get him in a week, or I could just go and buy him and have fun, you know, just toying around with him on, you know, in different events and stuff. And that's what I've done so far. And I, it, I can honestly tell you, not focusing all of my energy into the ranked seasons grind and all that stuff has made the game so, so much more enjoyable for me that, you know, it, it's even with all of the, the bugginess and all the craziness that's gone on between the servers and, you know, different gameplay issues, I, I still firmly, firmly believe that MLB The Show 21 is the best MLB The Show game we've had as far as Diamond Dynasty is concerned ever. Uh, I know, I know yeah. a lot of people would disagree with that. A lot of people would probably think I'm crazy for saying it, but it just, it, that's just, it feels the best to me. Uh, like I said, I know there are issues. I know there are bugs though. Uh, and I'm not someone that is going to be an, I'm not an, uh, an SDS apologist as people would say, um, or an SDS fanboy, quote unquote, whatever, you know, I mm -hmm. hope to work with them in the future, of course, as someone that creates content for the game that they put out for us every year. Um, but I just, I think that they really, in spite of some of the issues, especially at launch, I think they've really knocked it out of the park for the most part. Yeah, and you know, uh, I don't think there will be uh, any uh, perfect game ever uh, in, in our lifetime. Uh, you know, I, I I I expect there to be uh, bugs and and glitches and stuff in in any game. Uh, it's just you know, just, it, it's it's just you know a, a part of life. You, you you know, there's there's glitches and, and and bugs in life that you just have have to get over. I mean, having your tire blow out when you uh, when you're uh, driving home to get prepare for a podcast. That's mm -hmm. another glitch and a bug in life that you got to get over. But um, I, I, I agree with you. I think this is probably the best uh, game uh, we've had yet. Uh, I, I will say it, I'm still kind of struggling to uh, uh, get the motivation to play uh, uh, ranked seasons. I really wanted to uh, uh, debut that Kyle Schwarber card in, in ranked season uh, and, and maybe get to 600. <laughs> In, uh, in in this uh, season, uh, but I I just could not get myself to do it this weekend. I don't know. Uh, I I don't know. I just had uh, uh, no motivation, and it seemed like uh, whenever I I was on the game, I was trying to you know play conquest, maybe get some more uh, cards and stuff, maybe get some more stubs and. Uh, yeah, just kind of work on some team affinities, but my motivation was definitely not on uh, uh, playing ranked seasons, unfortunately. Um, it, it, do you know others, other people uh, like that? They just have not had the motivation uh, to play ranked seasons uh, this year. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people that just don't that just lack that motivation. Uh, I, I'm honestly, I'm one of them. Like I said, I, I, I did it season one and. After that, I was just like, ah, do I want to do this again? Uh, I, I actually, I started the year 30 and 7 and ranked, and I was I was in my World Series game, and I was winning 4-1 to one in the 5th or 6th inning. Uh, we were playing on Legend, uh, actually, and the person that I was beating, um, I, I don't know if they froze me or what happened, but there was like a very odd glitch in the game, 
and then it popped up and said, your connection to the show online has been lost. So I went from 898 down to like 870, and it, I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, I tried to play another game. No, I, I also have that, that issue. Like I said, I, I was I made World Series Season 1. I got to... I, the thing that happened to me, I started out 30 and 7, and I got to... 898 I, I was you know i got gypped i was two points off of making world series when i had the game before i think i was at like eight i was at like 885 884 something like that and they gave me just under what i needed and i i had i beat the person by like eight so like at that point in the year it was it was where i was putting up pretty much 10 plus every game and then after that game happened. It was eight ninety eight. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna win this game. I'm gonna make World Series, and I can just you know chill for the le- next few days because it was the Saturday before the season ended. Uh, actually, no, 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 no. It was the Wednesday before the season ended. Sorry, it was the Wednesday before. So I was trying to get ahead of it, and get it done a little bit early, so I could focus on VR and other stuff like that. And I was winning four to one. It was like the fifth or sixth inning. And like I said, I don't know if my opponent froze me or what happened, but the game froze for a couple minutes, kind of like it does, you know, if you're in a freeze off and then out of the blue, it popped up and said, your connection to the show online has been lost. And Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, so now I'm 30 and eight and I want to, I want to make this, but what should I do? I ended up playing another game that I lost by a run because I was so frustrated from, you know, losing that game before because of the disconnect that I just wasn't focused and I wasn't Mm -hmm. hitting at all. So I ended up losing that game like five to four, and it was on, it was again on Legend. So my you know rating dropped again, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna stop doing this, take a break, and then come back after it tomorrow. And <laughs> unbeknownst to me, what had happened that day, I actually hit my head on something at work, oh. and didn't like you know just didn't think anything of it. Well, I, I was sitting there at the end of the workday, and I had like a really bad pounding headache. And I was like, what is, you know, what's going on? I decided, okay, I'm going to stream and try to play because I stream on Thursdays. I was like, I'm going to hop on and try this anyway, see if I can push for World Series. I'm not far off. And I ended up from from that Thursday through Sunday, which was the night that I finally made World Series. It was like 1 a.m. Monday. So like end of Sunday night, uh, start of Monday. I ended up making World Series. I had gone 18 and 18 over the course of those few days after starting the year out. 30 and 7. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, do I am I just like am I just terrible now? Do I just not hit well on this difficulty anymore? What happened, you know, out of the blue? And I I come to find out that I actually I actually had a mild concussion for 2 weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I was yeah. That was going to so, be my guess. Yeah, so I kept playing and I was just getting these pounding headaches and I kept cutting streams short. I was like, guys, my head is killing me. I was like I like I thought it was my eyes. I was like, man, my eyes are hurting real bad. Because like it was just like everything was just pounding in the front of my head, and come to realize, no, I I, I actually like gave myself a mild concussion, which I should have recognized because I had one a couple of years ago. Uh, I was at a softball game, an adult beer league softball game, and I went over to talk to one of my teammates, and one of my other teammates didn't know I was behind him, and he threw his bat up on his shoulder, and it hit me right here on the nose, and I had a concussion for a month. And so I, I should have known what it felt like. I should have immediately realized it, but it took a couple of weeks, and I'm like, oh, man. Someone was like, dude, no, you, you like have a concussion. I like went and talked to somebody, and they're like, no, you, you definitely, like it's, it's going away, but you were concussed. And I was like, I shouldn't have been doing what I was doing. <laughs> I shouldn't have been angrily playing MLB The Show at 1 in the morning trying to make World Series. Well, I mean, 
I can't remember. Um, well, I, I tell you what, I shouldn't have been up until, what, 1230, uh, grinding player of the month, uh, mm-hmm. uh, program for Kyle Schwarber. Uh, cause I don't tell you what, the next day at work, I was struggling. Uh, I think I had like, uh, two, uh, big old, uh, cans of, uh, uh, monster energy drink or something to get me through the day. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was definitely not, uh, uh, a hundred percent. As someone who, uh, who struggles with their sleep, uh, I get that. I, I'm a big time insomniac. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I go to sleep pretty much. Every, I wake up for work. Uh, I, I live about 10 minutes from my job. I wake up for work at about seven thirty, seven forty in the morning and my shift starts at eight. Uh, and I go to bed every night between three and four thirty AM. Uh, mm-hmm. so I, I, I get about, <laughs> I get a good solid, like four to six hours a night if Ooh, i'm yeah. like abs if i'm really lucky i'll get six to seven but i'm i'm like a at at best like four and a half hours of sleep every night kind of guy and people like anybody i tell that to they're like how do you put out the content you put out and i'm like i don't know because <laughs> well, i want i i want to i want to eventually quit my job and have this be my full-time gig so i'm just making sure i put the work in and praying it pays off yeah and that's, <laughs> it's, that's all it, you can do it, it sucks, um, but it's it's you got to do what you got to do. No, you know you gotta you gotta outwork people to exactly. to get somewhere. Exactly. Do you have any advice for trash who is struggling on on legend to kind of uh, help him with his frustration? I mean, it really depends on what he's struggling with. I know, I know my big thing that I, I run into pretty consistently where I, I get on myself. I, if you guys ever, you know, popped into the streams when I'm not playing well, I'm, I'm not angry at the game as much as I am at myself. I'm always my own. Uh, you're, everyone's their own biggest critic and yep. I'm definitely mine. I've always been extremely hard on myself when I don't do things to the best of my ability, you know, whether it was playing baseball when I was growing up or, you know, in, in, in my academics in school and all that different kind of stuff. Uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you have to look back and you're like, okay, no, I'm actually being, like, I'm actually succeeding in the things that I'm doing, but I need to just, you know, take a step back, not be so hard on myself, not put as much stress on myself. And I think that's a big thing that a lot of people do when they play the game is they, they have a game where they don't play up to their standards. You know, maybe you're someone who on Hall of Fame scores six, seven, eight runs a game, and then you have one where you only score two and you lose by a run. Uh, and and you, you get so mad at yourself, you're like, oh, man. But you have to really take the step back and realize, okay, I'm supposed to be doing this for fun. I'm supposed to be doing this if, you know, if you're someone that does make content. I'm supposed to be doing this so that people that are watching me are enjoying what I'm doing. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe even potentially inspiring some people to try and you know expand their horizons and do better at the game and stuff like that. But the one thing I struggle with outside of that is um, my my focal point when I'm hitting. That that's uh, pitching wise, I I like to think I'm really really good on the mound when it comes to in game. Uh, pinpoint pitching has been incredible for me this year. Uh, in it was a couple years ago. It was before, it was before twenty. It was in like eighteen through nineteen. I was I think my team ERA was like three for like in Diamond Dynasty, and I wasn't really a ranked seasons person. But when I did play, I knew that I could pitch. I just couldn't hit very well. And now that I know how to swing the stick, I have to really get on myself about the focal point, which basically for me is 
I, I literally, when I'm hitting, I have my PCI, it sits in the top left-hand corner of the strike zone. I Right now, I'm using um, 50% transparency. I use diamonds in the center, Starfighter as my inner, and mm -hmm. I use um, the orange color at 50% transparency. Sometimes, I'll turn it on just reverb if I feel like, you know, changing up what I'm looking at. But I hold it top left in the strike zone, and I do not take my eyes off of that pitcher's arm slot. If it's a lefty or a righty, I literally, I won't even look directly at the pitcher. So if this is the pitcher straight ahead of you, I'm literally looking to the left or the right of the pitcher, depending on their handedness. And that has allowed me to read pitches and react to them so much more consistently this year than ever before. Even with cards that I absolutely cannot stand their swing, for example, Alfonso Soriano, I think his swing is... Awful. I think they did him so so dirty with how long they made his swing. But I was started using him, and I know it's you know the moonshot event. It's on All Star. You're facing common pitching, whatever. But mm -hmm. I have really since I developed doing that and forcing myself into that habit. I I went from hitting 296 with Soriano to 340 as of the last time I played a couple games ago or a couple hours ago, uh, and that was I've used him today. <laughs> and he had two, he had over 200 at bats. I've gone uh, like he's probably gotten like 15 hits and 16 at bats or something. Like he he's I, I I can't think of a time I really got out with him today. And if there is one, it was a hard hit ball. So like even swings like that, just from having that little hitting mechanism, it's helped me actually get consistent, even with cards I don't like. Okay, uh, you brought up the moonshot event. Uh, I know a lot of people are talking about. Uh, 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 having their opponents bring in like uh, uh, parallel three Lee Smith uh, out of the bullpen. Uh, I, I, any any uh, move like that uh, is that fair or foul? Do you think? I mean, I haven't heard about anybody doing Lee Smith. I've heard uh, Otani being one of them, mm -hmm. uh, using the player of the month and then putting him in if you're up or down by six. Uh, I haven't personally run into it, but it's one of those things that. Uh, Position players can pitch after six runs. So if if someone happens to have Shohei on their team and maybe they uh, know they can score more than six runs in a game and intentionally let the opponent get to that point and you know they're feeling gutsy enough to do it, you know it it's it's really I wouldn't do it if you're up. I wouldn't do it if you're winning by six runs. I feel like that's kind of silly to give yourself an advantage when you're already at a giant, uh, mm -hmm. like the, the scale is already tipped in your favor. I feel like that's just stupid. Uh, that That's something that really cocky people would do just, you know, to add insult to injury to players, which, you know, I, I'm not one of those guys. So mm -hmm. I, I think if you, if you're confident enough that you can get down by six and throw Tawny out there, and not give up another run and score six or and, well, score seven and win the game, you know, uh, more power to you, but I wouldn't suggest doing it. <laughs> I wouldn't suggest trying mm -hmm. to do it. Right. Um, who was your, uh, major, uh, influence in, in streaming? Uh, who was somebody that you looked up uh, and, and you tried to, uh, maybe not emulate, but you you tried to, uh, uh, or or just just maybe, uh, uh, yeah, just just influenced you into streaming. Uh, honestly, the big, the thing that really got me into streaming was that I wanted to actually become a sports broadcaster. That was what I actually mm -hmm. you know studied a lot of in college when I was getting my degree in communications, and I've always loved the broadcast aspect and wanted to wait an outlet to do that. So this was the way for me to get into that. But if I had to name any influences 
in specifically the MLB The Show community. Maybe, like you said, guys, not that I emulated, but guys that I've really enjoyed and got me into the idea of creating content. Um, the, the person that I watched the most, this was... Oh God, maybe MLB The Show 17. It was years ago when I was, you know, still, I was a younger kid. Uh, Atron. Atron was a really mm -hmm. big one for me. I can remember, I think it was being in high school, and I would always watch his pack openings. As far as I'm concerned, he's one of the true, you know, OGs of the community. Uh, yeah. I, I, don't, I haven't watched his stuff as much lately, but since I started making content, I really... I have time to watch stuff on YouTube, but that's really all. And, you know, I just haven't really gotten around to watching a ton of stuff lately. But, um, you know, Atrin is a big one. I've always loved his videos. You know, shout out to him. He's, he's, he seems like a really, really great dude. Um, another one, Dimu, Daddy Dimu TV. You know, the, the, the dude has the following he has for a reason. And he deserves oh. a lot more respect and credit than he gets from the outside. Uh, yep. you know, I don't know him personally, obviously, but obviously I think everybody knows that his name's Tyler. He's, he's, mm -hmm. the dude is, the dude's tremendous. He, he knows what he's doing. He knows how to be entertaining. And there are mm -hmm. things that I, I, I look at, you know, every now and again, I'll pull up his page on Twitch. And if I, I need some inspiration for some things, I'll, I'll look at his page and see like his about section is full of really, really awesome stuff just on his Twitch panels, and I need to figure out, okay, like, I've asked myself, like, how do I set up my Twitch panels to look like his? Because they look sweet. Like, the dude mm -hmm. knows what he's doing just from a standpoint of marketing himself. Obviously, you know, his emotes are awesome, and stuff like that. His YouTube videos are hilarious. Uh, another mm -hmm. one, another guy who, uh, you know, I, I'm nothing, li I'm not like him at all, but I love his content as Kevin G.O.D., you know, oh, absolutely. Like Kevin knows who he is as a human being and as a player, and he just he goes up and he's like, "This is me. I'm Kevin," and that's what you're mm -hmm. getting. And I absolutely love like I love it when someone you can really really tell that's who they are, and that's the one thing you know from Kevin's stuff that I try to emulate. I I, I try to be as transparent as humanly possible with my audience. I. Pretty typically, if you know, if I'm making a YouTube video, I go a little too in depth sometimes as far as you know why I do things the way I do them, or you know why my thoughts are the way they are, and I try to just be, you know, I try to be as open and honest as as I physically can about everything, just because I want people to know the real me. You know, uh, you know, people know me as pseudo LG, but they didn't know me when I was the Legend Thirty Five Twenty Six a few months ago before I decided to change my entire, you know streaming path mm -hmm. and everything i changed my name i changed my logo uh minimally it was pretty pretty similar to what it was before but you know i i started streaming and i was just using my my old playstation gamer tag and then i thought about it and i was like i know too much about marketing and advertising to not have a true brand and that's where you know pseudo lg came from i i, I, I mm -hmm. grew up i've always loved the pokemon franchise and you know, one of my sub badges is actually something that looks like a Dragonite from Pokemon. And I was trying to like draw inspiration from things. Okay, like what are some things I love? What are some things that I could use to really rebrand myself? And it just popped into my head one day, oh, you know, you already have all this, you know, legend, blah, 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 you know, floating around. Why not try to figure something out that goes with that? And I thought about it, thought about it, and thought about it, and I was like, you know what? Dragonite is known as the first pseudo-legendary Pokemon in the Pokemon franchise. And I was like, huh, what about pseudo-LG? That sounds really cool. And it just happened mm -hmm. to be 
you know, it just happened to be the one I stuck with. I sent it to a handful of my other content creator friends and was like, what do you guys think of this? Does it sound corny? Do you like it? And they were all like, no, dude, that's like a really cool sounding name. And I also, just for the name, I drew, you know, I drew some inspiration from guys at the top. You know, if you look at big time Twitch streamers and content creators, their names are short to the point, you know. Yep. There, there are other ones that aren't as short that you can remember because of who they are as a person, such as Tim the Tatman. But for the most part, you know, it, you have Pokimane. You know, nice, quick, three-syllable, you get it. It's similar to Pokemon. Like, you, it, it, it's very easy to resonate in your head and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and know, Dodger Man. Dodger it, Man is another good uh, three-syllable Yep, name. Dodger Man. Easy, easy to remember. <laughs> yeah, easy to remember. Easy to keep in the brain. So that was kind of that was kind of where I fell with pseudo LG there. And as far as people like just one last guy that uh, I've been told I'm similar to in the way that uh, I deliver things. I, I, I try to be. I love his content, but I try to be slightly more excited than he gets sometimes. Uh, it's not a knock on him by any means, because the dude's amazing at what he does, but C-Brev. Uh, that's, that's one that I've had people mm -hmm. tell me, no, you, you kind of deliver information in sort of the same way that he does, and I'm perfectly okay with that co comparison. You know, I'm, yeah. not, I'm nothing like him as far as, you know the content that I put out, like it's, I try to be similar as far as how informative I am and stuff, but he's, he's way better at what he does than I probably will be for a very long time. So, but he's one that I really enjoy watching his videos. And I, I think that if I can emulate anything that he does, I, I'm going to be pretty happy with it. The, the thing I like about the MLB community is that everyone's different. No one really tries to be like anybody else. Everyone is, is, is their own person. And, it, that's one of the I, I think that's so great is that you know uh, uh, we're just we're just ourselves we're not you know uh, what you see is what you get and I think uh, Coogs uh, said it best when we had him on the podcast is uh, is is Kevin is the same person you see on on, on his videos he, mm -hmm. he's, he's ex exactly uh, the, the same way uh, in real life, and you know, I, I I can't think of anyone that is you know trying to outlandishly be an alter ego character or anything like that. Uh, you know, we we're, we are who we are, and we we're not trying to be uh, anybody else. And I think that's awesome. Um, wrapping this up, uh, is there anything else that we could talk about uh, before we get into the uh, uh, sports? Onto the uh, baseball scores. Um, not unless you want a lengthy uh, NFL discussion. Oh gosh, do we? I don't think we have time for a lengthy. Right, sorry, can, can we make it lengthy one? Can we make it? Can we make it a five minute discussion? You, you won't. You won't get anything from me in that one. I'm not a football guy. <laughs> As I'm browsing through my quote unquote notes, um. No, that would be pretty, uh, pretty lengthy, so I think uh, it'd be best to hold off on that one. Yeah, we'll save that for next week, uh, because uh, I, I have to go to work at... I have to be up at 5 in the morning, and it's like 10.19 uh, uh, Mountain Standard Time here, and uh, I haven't even eaten dinner yet, because I was so upset. I was actually going to pick up uh, uh, Panda Express, and and you know chow it down real quick before the podcast, but you know when when your tire blows and you have to go uh, change your tire real quick and and 
your sweat you have sweat pouring down your your face and stuff and and you're trying to uh, make it home in time uh, for a, uh, an important podcast. Yeah, you you just don't think about eating real quick. Um, in fact, you don't think about eating at all. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, let's get into the uh, baseball scores, and we'll uh, wrap this up because uh, yeah, it, um, some of us have to be up early in the morning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, uh, we got uh, Dodgers and the D-backs. Let me just tell you one thing. I did not expect the Dodgers to win this game at all whatsoever. When the Dodgers were down 4-1, to one, uh, going into the eighth inning, I, I, I was like, I, I've already written the, the game off. You know, the Dodgers bats uh, just, I, I thought they just maybe scored all their runs uh, in last night's game. Uh, when I I. I you know, when they were up nine to nothing, I'm thinking, oh yeah, this is good. We're just we're just going to go on cruise control. And we got this, and then it was like what sixteen to nothing, and then twenty to nothing, and then twenty. Oh, I think we ended up at twenty two to to one. Uh, so uh, yeah, granted, uh, uh, you did have uh, 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 Josh Reddick on the mound for the Diamondbacks, uh, making his first. Uh, uh, pitching appearance in his career, uh, and uh, Albert Pujols hit a moonshot off of him, which was sweet. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, Dodgers come back, and you know, to their credit, they win this one uh, seven to four. Uh, let's see, Max Muncie had a walk off uh, three run home run. Uh, who else had had uh, an amazing hit in this game? Uh, let me take a look here and see. Uh, well, Mookie Betts homered in the first inning. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I'm trying to do this real quick, but it never goes quick for me. Okay, so, uh, uh, Josh Taylor had a, uh, uh, two-run single? Or was it a one-run single? I can't remember. Anyway, yeah, they had a hell of a comeback. Let's just put it that way. Um, for, uh, lack of, uh, better words. This is why we only have seven listeners on our podcast, probably, because of me rambling. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm very self-deprecating, too, just like Kevin G.O.D. Um, <laughs> uh, we got a- Angels uh, over the Mariners, 7-1. to one. Uh, A lot of Mariners fans uh, here in Idaho, I've talked to a couple uh, the last couple of days. Uh, I-, I fully expected the Angels to sweep this, but uh, uh, but the the uh, Mariners uh, were down uh, early in yesterday's game. They came back to win that one, I believe. Uh, but uh, uh, Angels do uh, win this one, seven to one. Uh, Otani hit a moonshot. Was it yesterday? Like four hundred and fifty feet, I think. Something like that. Uh, no, okay, yeah, okay. So the Angels lost two two to nothing yesterday. And yeah, in in the, on Friday's game, they they the Angels uh, lost seven to three. Uh, so I think that was the game that Otani. Yeah, that had to have been the <laughs> that had to have been the game that Otani had the moonshot because it wasn't yesterday. Because otherwise, it uh, wouldn't have been a shutout. I am so stupid sometimes. Anyway, um, moving on. Uh, by the way, if you guys have anything to add, please feel free to add something. Um, don't feel like you have to uh, just let me uh, ramble on and stuff. Um, 
Nothing. Okay, great. We're moving on. Uh, so here, this one, uh, Orioles. Uh, now this one, I, I kind of watched the highlights on too, uh, because you know we all know that Cedric Mullins is the best center fielder in baseball. So anytime uh, the Orioles are on, I have to watch it. And uh, it looked like uh, the Orioles were going to take this one. Uh, actually, no. It looked like uh, the the White Sox. They the White Sox were up four to one. And then uh, Baltimore uh, uh, started. Well, actually, I'm sorry. I, I'm okay. Let me, okay, let me t- take two now. Let me kind of calm down here. So here's the thing. I missed the first inning. Where? Uh, let me go back to my uh, box score here. Maybe that will give me a better story here. Actually, okay, yeah. So yeah, the the Orioles were up two. Uh, they they scored two in the first, uh, thanks to a. Uh, a home run by uh, was it Austin Hayes, hmm. and uh, so uh, White Sox came back uh, and scored uh, one in the fourth and three in the sixth. So at that point, I'm thinking, okay, uh, White Sox have this one uh, under control. But no, uh, uh, Baltimore comes back and scores two runs in the. Uh, in the ninth, and uh, Adam Engel. I mean, I'm sorry. The last time I checked, Adam Engel was like a so was a common or a bronze player in MLB the show. Uh, but he hits a three-run home run uh, that, uh, uh, in all essential, uh, well, in all, yeah. Okay, what am I trying to say? It, it he wins the game. Let's just put it that way. He wins the game. <laughs> It's late. I've had a day. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry out there listening. Or everyone out there listening. If you are listening. If anyone's listening at, at this point. Um, uh, Pittsburgh and New York. Uh, oh, man. It sucks to be a Mets fan right now. I think that your highlight of the day has to be uh, uh, Kumar uh, being drafted by the Mets. I know a lot of people were going LFG, uh, LFGM, whatever. Uh, anyway, uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, so you got to be stoked about this. Got to talk about this. How yeah, are you feeling uh, about this game. I mean, I like it. I like it when we get wins. You know, they're they're, they're hard to come by nowadays in the Berg. But you know, when we can get them, I'm pretty happy about it. Especially when we were down five nothing after the first inning. Uh, yeah, I'll exactly. gladly take that. And a guy that I was really thinking he was going to go diamond last update, and I'm. Kind of thinking he might end up going down further than he did last update. Now as Edwin Diaz, uh, he mm-hmm. he's, he's he got shelled today. It looks like uh, I didn't get to watch the game. Unfortunately, I, I had to stream and I had to go and pick up some other stuff. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a good day when we win a ball game in Pittsburgh. Uh, even even though we were in New York and we weren't the home team, it's always nice to get a win regardless. And especially against a team that's over 500, like the New York Mets, I think we've taken, I think we've won two out of the three games against them in this series, unless I'm mm-hmm. mistaken. Um, so, you know, Adam Frazier, another three-hit day. Uh, Wilmer Defoe looks like he had a three-hit day as well. You know, it, 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 it was a solid day. Rodolfo Castro, uh, I believe his first name was Rodolfo. I want to 
check myself. Yes, it is Rodolfo Castro. Uh, there, there's some of these guys that they keep setting, bringing up and sending down, it's hard to keep track of. But uh, Castro hit a home run today. Uh, Michael Perez hit a home run today, even though um, I don't know how he's still on the roster because he's got a 549 OPS this season mm-hmm. uh, and a 140 batting average. Uh, um, you, you know, th- they played well. They had 15 hits. Uh, John Nagalski since he came over in the deal from St. Louis, I believe has been pretty incredible. Uh, I think he broke the record the other day for most hits through the first like 10 games or something. Uh, or first five games. Maybe it was, there was, there was some record he broke the other day that was really impressive to see. I think it was like 12 hits through five games is what it ended up actually being. But he seems like, uh, someone that's going to be a stalwart in the lineup for at least a little while. I mean, he's 28 years old, so he's a little bit older than a lot of people, but I mean, to this point in his career, he's a 320 batting average guy. I only he only had you know one game last year, and then this year with St. Louis, he was only hitting 056 through 18 plate appearances. But so far with the Pirates, he's batting 500 with five RBIs. So uh, you know he's an interesting piece to throw in the lineup for now that hopefully can help them win some ball games down the stretch. But you know our our seasons uh, our seasons pretty much shot at this point unless we have some some incredible uh, turnaround that gets us to a 500 ball club. But I think it's nearly impossible at this point. So any wins yeah. are, any wins are, you know, welcomed and, and happy sights, but not, uh, not consistently expected. <laughs> and, and uh, anytime I hear a John Migowski, I got to think of monsters incorporated. So <laughs> Mike Wazowski. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That Mike Mike Yastrzemski too. Every time I think of Mike or I hear Mike Yastrzemski, I I, I hear Boo saying Mike Wazowski. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so next we've got uh, Jays over the Rays three to one. Uh, what, oh, is it? Uh, Wander Franco did not have a good game for the uh, Rays today. Um, he is betting one ninety one, I believe. 197. Uh, 197. So, yeah, sometimes the sevens look like ones to me <laughs> when I don't have my glasses on. Um, uh, Phillies over the Red Sox 5-4. to four. Uh, Marlins over the Ronald Acuna Les Braves 7-4. to four. If you're a Mariners fan, do you have any hope uh, with, uh, or going, uh, getting into the playoffs this year without uh, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr.? It's it's gonna be it's gonna be rough. I mean, Atlanta's yeah. obviously already played poorly throughout the course of the year, even with even with some of their you know offensive players having better seasons than expected. You know, you look at a guy like Austin Riley. You, you, you didn't think that he was gonna be a stalwart in the middle of that batting lineup, right? Uh, but you know, that's what he has been this season. Um, you know he's he's been he's been billed as a guy that could be an offensive carrying kind of third baseman, but you know up until this season he hasn't really consistently been that guy. But he's he you know he's made impressive strides this season. Uh, Dansby's mm-hmm. always up and down, but obviously you have MV free Freddie Freeman MVP from last year. Uh, Osano AKA Aussie Albies he's been great. Uh, you know they they've had some guys step in and do some stuff that they didn't expect, but their pitching is incredibly weak top to bottom uh starters relievers it's not good it's not pretty and you know they have the charlie morton's thrown the ball well ian anderson before today was pitching pretty well 
uh, you know, that it's just not been a pretty season on the pitching side of things for Atlanta. And without Acuna and that extra offense that he's been bringing all year, it's 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 going to be tough to, for them to get anywhere, in my opinion, unless the their hitters really get hot and their pitchers figure it out quickly. Yeah, uh, speaking about pitching, that has been pretty. We got to talk about this game. It wasn't next, uh, but it, I'm just going to skip over it to the uh, <laughs> New York Yankees uh, and uh, Houston Astros. <laughs> uh, you know, <clears throat> uh, when you're the New York Yankees and uh, you're up about, oh, what, uh, say five runs going into the ninth inning. You're feeling pretty good. But uh, then the Astros go ahead and score six in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, how much is uh, Brett, uh, 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 I can't remember his uh, last name now. Yeah, how much is Brett Boone in trouble? Uh, is he on the hot seat, or do you think uh, uh He's got some uh, some uh, time left to turn this team around. If you talk to Yankees fans, he's on the hot seat. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you if you were to go to the front, I don't I don't know that they would say that. Uh, and obviously, this season has been extremely disappointing for the Yankees. You know, you think of the New York Yankees, and, and you think of winning. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you think of the the Dark Empire or whatever it was called, um, and you, you just you don't see them as a team that's going to be three games over 500 nearing right. the midway point of July. And uh, that's, that's you know, what they are. They keep saying, oh, you know, Stanton's going to turn it around and Judge is going to, you know, do this. And Gary Sanchez had a great month. And just, you know, you can you can call it what you want, but at the mm-hmm. end of the day, you have to call spade a spade. And, you know, they're not looking great this year. They're, they've been extremely up and down. They started hot, I believe, and then fell off the face of the earth for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're just one of those teams that they're underperforming greatly and they need to figure it out or, or they might miss the playoffs, you know? Have we seen uh, maybe the end of the Rollers Chapman era in New York? Or do you think uh, uh, maybe he can turn uh, things around? I mean... I don't know how long he has left on his deal. I think he's got at least another yeah, season or two, know, right? Uh, the way he's pitching, uh, you know, I don't know. Do, do, you, do you seek a trade, or do you? Uh, or I, I don't know. It's it's it's. He got didn't he get um, downgraded in MLB The Show? I. Th- yeah, he he is now an eighty four yeah. gold. The the thing about Chapman is whether you like him or hate him as a player, and you like him or hate him as a person, and you know just you know based on what done, it's real easy to hate him as a human being. Uh, but specifically as a pitcher or as a baseball player, you would be uh. You'd be lying to yourself and everybody else if you tried to say that throughout the course of his career, Aroldis Chapman has put together one of the most dominant careers as a closing pitcher that we've ever seen. Yeah, um, that is true. And like that, tend to get a little more leeway and give. I don't think the Yankees seek a trade right now. I, I think maybe if he continues to play poorly throughout the rest of the year, maybe they seek a deal after, in the offseason. Uh, 
I don't think he gets traded. I definitely don't think he gets released unless he gets into some off-field issues. I, I just, I, I, uh, I think that he's got time to turn it around mm-hmm. in New York. Whether people like that, love that, or hate that, you know, you know um, I think that's the case. I don't think he's going anywhere. Okay. Speaking soon. of which, uh, about people, uh, and we got the trade deadline coming up uh, here uh, fairly soon. Uh, I know a lot of people have been throwing around. And, uh, the name Joey Gallo, a lot of speculation about him going to uh, uh, this team or that team. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Personally, I, I think anywhere Joey Gallo goes is going to be immediately much, much better off. Um, I've, I've always been high on Gallo, but I also know what Gallo is as a player. He's uh, you know a low average high power kind of guy but prior to him having that wrist injury in 2019 he was having a season that it really seemed like mvp joey gallo was going to become a thing 300 plus i believe and showing his you know his typical power and that that was a joey gallo that we haven't seen till you know these last couple of weeks like we're seeing that guy that we saw in 2019 before that injury happened and you know Wrist injuries are are a bad thing. You know, you, you, your power can get sapped a lot because a lot of your power comes from your wrists and mm-hmm. the way you flick the bat mm-hmm. when you swing. Um, but I think you know he's he's a great defensive center fielder, which for a guy of his size is very surprising. I think he's best suited as a right fielder, truthfully, because of how big that arm is, and he's not the fastest guy, but he's a big, athletic, you know, just a giant, strong dude. Any team that could pick him up right now would be landing spot and they'd be immediately improving their chances to not only make he is a i don't know what his war is offhand city i'm not a giant war guy but i do like this st- that and how it exists hmm. he's got a 3.9 war this season that's you know for a half a season that's like a mike trout yeah. half season you know you know trout's like an eight to 12 war guy and if you have half of that in half a season that's the and it's pretty solid and he company just to recently be in. You know, went diamond too. Uh, mm-hmm. And this last yeah, update. That's so, uh, if there was one team that you think that maybe he was the favorite to go to uh, before the uh, trade deadline, who who would you say? I think it was? the team that needs a center field replacement mm-hmm. the most is uh, Atlanta. Too. Now, <laughs> uh, I, I I don't I don't I don't see it as extremely likely. I don't know what Atlanta has in their farm system that they could part with, but uh, I think a Joey Gallo to Atlanta partnership, trade, marriage, whatever you want to call it, I feel like that would work out extremely well for both sides. Uh, they call it SunTrust Park now, I think it's called. It's uh, it's a very hitter-friendly ballpark from what it seems, and I feel like a guy with light tower power like Joey Gallo would uh, would would thrive in that environment. Yeah. And they could they could play Christian Pache in center field. You know, they're, they're hot young prospect. I know he hasn't had the best season with the bat, but defensively he is one of the best center fielders we've mm-hmm. seen in a while. And, you know, they could say, all right, Christian, here you go. Um, uh, you're in center field full-time. I think Acuna was actually playing a corner spot anyways. Uh, I think I think Pache was actually the starter in center field, but I might, I might, might be wrong on that. But, you know, Gary easily slide mm-hmm. in there and replace Acuna's production and potentially give Atlanta that boon that they need to help them get to the playoffs. A guy that like a guy like that that can just get hot and carry your offense for weeks at a time and give you a chance to win 
in ball games. Maybe they maybe they swing a deal that they get both Gallo and Kyle Gibson. You know, that would immediately give them another uh, front line starter with the way he's pitched this season, and then and that would immediately shore up them being short Ronald Acuna. I think Gibson's done after this year on his deal. Uh, Gallo may be a free agent after this year. He might have another uh, year or two. But I think Atlanta would be a really great landing spot for a deal if they could land both Gibson and Gallo Very specifically. True. In the battle of uh, AL disappointments, uh, the Twins uh, take this one up to nine over the Tigers. Um, and... Uh... Rounding oh no, it's not, not rounding out the scores. We got the Reds over the Brewers, uh, three to one, and uh, the Athletics over the Rangers, uh, the Joy Gallo Rangers, four to one. Um, Giant Nationals are probably still hurting over uh, the game. Uh, what was it uh, Thursday? I think it was Thursday when they were up eight, and uh, um, yeah, that was. Probably one of the craziest games uh, I've seen in a while. And uh, uh, I, like I tweeted out before, that uh, extreme moment where you have to hit a grand slam with uh, uh, Daniel Camarena against uh, Max Scherzer is going to yeah, suck. Uh, let me tell you. Yeah. Um, Rockies over the Padres, 3-1. to one. Uh, that's, that's a W for me. I'll take that. Uh, I'll take a Padres loss over uh, 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 any day, uh, especially when, it's, when the Dodgers win. That just puts a little more space between us. And that's going to do it. Well, thank you so much, uh, Sudo. I appreciate you uh, being on the podcast and putting up with my stammering and stuff. Uh, I hope we didn't keep you up too late. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was good to talk some baseball with you. Uh, I, got a, I got a good two more hours before I'm even starting to get tired. So we're, we're good. Trust me. I, I... Really, I greatly appreciate you guys having me on this. It's the first time I've ever been one asked to be on somebody's podcast and let alone actually appeared on it. So, uh, you know, I, I, as someone who's a big fan of podcasts and, you know, I, you know, I, I don't like to say that I like to hear the sound of my own voice, but I talk a lot. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I really enjoyed it. So I hope, I hope I gave you guys some, you know, some good stuff to work with. I hope the listeners enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, thank you again for having me on. And also, uh, we talked a little bit before the podcast and I wanted to just say thank you for for your service, oh. you told me you used to be in the army. So thank you for serving our country. Oh, you know, yeah. as, as someone of a veteran, I greatly appreciate the stuff that you guys have done for us. So. Oh well, let me tell you, uh, it was my pleasure. Uh, it's probably one of the one of the best things I've 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 ever done. Uh, you know, if anybody out there is struggling with uh, their self confidence uh, and uh, what direction they should take in life. I highly recommend it because uh, I was in, a, in a, a bad position in my life. I was just coming off of a divorce. I wasn't sure where I was heading, uh, um, what to do. And the Army gave me a lot of confidence, and it showed me um, that I could do uh, more than just you know, wash dishes uh, in a restaurant. <laughs> so, yeah. It, it definitely uh, uh, helped me out a lot in life, and, and uh, yeah, and it uh, gave me the opportunity to, to go to a Dodger game and, and uh, a uh, Baltimore Orioles game. So yeah, it it, uh, it was a great experience, and I highly recommend it for anyone uh, out there who uh, wants to uh, 
uh, not only serve their country, but uh, 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 do something for themselves. Uh, give themselves a little boost of, uh, of self-confidence. Because I tell you what, uh, uh, the army will get you into shape. If, if, you're, uh, if you're, you know, like 170 pounds uh, soaking wet, uh, scrawny, uh, you're, you're going to get some muscle. You're going you're gonna, to uh, see a lot of improvement over yourself. Uh, uh, when you're in the army, and uh, uh, I, 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 let me tell you, um, I, I there's not a day that goes by that I don't regret uh, uh, going into the, the army. It was a, it was a scary moment, in my, and at that point in my life, I, I had no idea what I was going into. But, uh, it was yeah, it was such a such a uh, great uh, fun time. I highly uh, recommend it. Anyway. Uh, for um, uh, myself and pseudo LG and trash. Did trash move himself? <laughs> and okay, and trash. We're saying peace, love, and baseball. We'll see you next time. We're out.